so sorry. I have not been around. It has been crazy busy lately. And I just haven't had any time to do any of my podcasts. And I just want to say I'm sorry to you, everybody out there. I know you've been listening. And I'm glad you've been listening. Thank you. I, I see a lot of downloads happening on uh, Apple and some on Google. And I just want to make sure that, you know, just let you all know that uh, I'm going to keep it up. I'm not going to stop podcasting. I'll be doing episodes as much as I can. It just got a little bit too busy for me to, to do a podcast. I know that's not no excuse. Um, you know, you deserve to know more information about what's going on in the market and how things are supposed to be going, uh, you know, and how things are going to be changing. I'm sure you already know what's been happening right now with the the housing boom and people are are trying to sell houses and they've been on the market for 28 days or 38 days. Well, this is the crazy thing. Even though the houses have been on the market, <clears throat> excuse me, for <clears throat> excuse me, uh for so long, I've seen some houses that are like 1.3, 1.4 million selling in 2 weeks. And then I've seen houses that are, you know, 2005, 2006, maybe 3,200 square feet, and they're selling probably within about a month or two, sometimes even three months. And I've noticed just talking to some of the sellers and talking to some of the buyers and talking to the realtors, it has to do with pickiness. Whose market is it right now? Is it the buyer's market? Is it the seller's market? You know, we don't know which market it, it is. And from what I'm looking at, from what I'm seeing doing my home inspections right now, it's the buyer's market. Buyers are being more pickier. Before, they were just buying up the house no matter what because it was hard to come by. But now, it seems like they're being very, very picky. I mean, I met some first-time home buyers and a lot of first-time home buyers lately. Uh, for this last three weeks that I haven't been on a podcast, I have been doing just two to three, maybe four inspections a day. And I've noticed that a lot of them are first time home buyers. And these first time home buyers, they're looking at a house or looking at a condo. And then when they see something they don't like, <clears throat> excuse me, and when the, um, the sellers say, well, you know, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to fix it. That's the way I'm selling it. Or I'm not going to do anything at all. This, the buyers just say, okay, we'll go look somewhere else. And then the sellers are left with a, Still on the market. <laughs> and that's very picky. I mean, if you're going to sell a house and the buyers want a little bit of an incentive, just a little bit of like, you know, the HVAC unit's not working correctly, the heater's not working, or maybe there's massive settling cracks all over the structure because it's the 1940s or 1960s. Well, help them out. Do some of, get a general contractor in there. Pay two or three thousand dollars, get some stuff done, and then guess what? Those buyers are gonna buy the house. The loan's gonna close. You have thirty days. You have actually have fifteen days contingency usually on a thirty day. And most F, uh, FHA's are twenty eight to thirty something days, or sometimes even more, depending. But it's been just weird. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that yeah, the the market has changed a bit. It's kind of gone. And then I've also noticed, I've been doing a lot of these these new construction homes too. So the new construction homes, um, Mountain House has last year, I believe that they were they were making a house with Century. So Century 1, 
they finished all their houses December of last year. I think it was December 21st of 2021. And Taylor Morrison finished their third set, their third set in 2021, January to July, somewhere in there. And then you have Lennar. Uh, they finished their second set um, in Mountain House um, roughly in July and August. And then you also have um, Elk Grove area near Sacramento. They're still – Lennar is crazy. They're, they're just building, 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 building. They just put up another – they have another 500 homes that they're putting up right here um, near my house. You know, and that's just – that's insane because they have, um, they're just like, it's just empty lot. It's just a huge empty lot that's never been touched. And I mean, I've been here for four years and in Elk Grove and I've never seen anyone try to build over here. And then now there's a bunch of new stuff. So, and these houses are 2006. So you got to imagine 14 years almost and no one's built anything until now. So everybody's still building. They they think that there's not enough homes, so they're going to continue to keep building. And I find it interesting that even the newer homes that I've been inspecting, the brand new built homes, they've been having issues um, with king studs, uh, lower and upper king studs. If you don't know what a king stud is, a king stud is is a is a main piece of wood used in building of the structure to hold an additional weight either from the second story for the first story or um, archways and they pretty much are the building blocks of a house and the first kingstead upper and lower you'll probably find is going to be in the garage and then you may have another one a couple upper king studs will be um, main hallway near the stairs. You'll probably have two there. And then upstairs, you'll probably have a couple as well. So it really depends on what kind of house you have, a two-story, a single-story. Um, but yeah, they, they're they almost everywhere in the house. So they, they really help out the two stories. And there's a lot of two stories. I just did two Lenore homes, uh, brand-new built homes um, this week. Uh, I'm sorry, last week, uh, Friday and Thursday of last week, we're in Monday the 15th. And it's, I noticed that there was a lot of issues with, right now it's been Lennar and Taylor Morrison are selling off their uh, model homes. Model homes are the first homes that come in as a model for people to go through and take a look at all the upgrades that you can get in the home. So model homes have all the upgrades. And they sell them for a little bit higher. So if your neighbor bought the house for eight hundred thousand, you're probably spending about eight seventy-five to nine hundred thousand, maybe nine fifty thousand for a house, American. And um, so it's has to do with a lot of issues with uh, was it Century is doing additional installation in the attic space, while Lennar is foaming. And netting the attic space with either tech shield or using batting insulation, loose batting. And then you have um, Taylor Morrison, they're doing foam. It's like a weird foam type of material that they're spraying along the upper portion of the of the attic space. And this foam that they're spraying, it it like expands. 
and it helps insulate the attic space. The problem with this is you won't be able to know if there's a leak. But the good news is it does hold in leakage pretty well too. So if it was a leak, at least you won't have to worry about it too much. Probably for like maybe three or four months if it's leaking. If it's still raining, of course. Uh, so like, you know, one season, you're, you're going to have that issue. And then you may have some damage in the attic from the leaking, but it's very rare because of that, that foam is a very good protectant. Um, and there's two types of foam that they use, an expandable foam, and then they use a, a ceiling foam, which basically is just like, um, it's not very thick. They spray it in there. It's a double chemical mix, and it just sprays together and becomes one, and then it, it just, you know, looks like, it looks like bubbles. <laughs> something I think of it looks like a lot of bubbles they're just all over the attic space but then like you come back the next day and it's like it's hard as a rock so you're like oh cool um, let me see so yeah a lot of new homes lately a lot of people are buying the new homes needing the, the home inspections now pre-built homes if you have a home that's being built or you have a home that just got built you haven't done your walkthrough, you are allowed to do the uh, home inspection. Now, your walkthrough usually requests one to two weeks prior to your walkthrough. That, that's when you buy the home. That's when you you know, you know take your uh, the contractors with you and you walk around the house and you go, hey, I see this or I see that, and then you put blue tape next to it, and then they will fix that before you move in. This is usually about a week or two before you actually move into the house. This is the last portion of the loan when the loan's approved and you go into the house and you were and the house is now built and you're doing a walkthrough throughout the house with the contractor. You can walk in the house with the contractor prior to your walkthrough. It's very uncommon though. They usually want to wait till the walkthrough. So the home inspector can go in like Lennar allowed a lot. They were very nice. Lennar, I went with Lennar and um, the, the, he was the foreman and we were talking and really nice guy. He's in Elk Grove and a couple of Lennar people that I've talked to in the past were very strict. Like when I did my home inspection, I had to wear booties, mask and all that nine yards and, and I have, you know, and the same thing with this company, they want me to have insurance on the NAR insurance attached to my regular insurance. So my E&O insurance is about $3 million. So just in case anything happens, you know, I'm covered for $3 million. And Lennar wanted their insurance as a secondary insurance on my insurance, which is really unheard of. But normally you would have, at least they, they would just tell you to up your insurance to 2 or $3 million. That way you cover any damages because, you know, most of these houses now are like a million dollar houses. Um, but I don't know why. It's like, it's, it's like a lot of the prices have gone up. So when the prices go up, um, you're going to have a lot more strict uh, information from Lennar or Taylor Morrison or Century or ABC Homes. And a lot of builders, a lot of contractors, they have been non-negotiable when it comes down to pricing. So for example... <clears throat> excuse me you, you say you say you want to buy a house you want to buy a new house you go in and do your your walkthrough of the the builders uh, pre-built home so there's four of them usually 
or eight of them depending on if it's Lenar or Telemorrison or whatever they're building. You get to see the biggest house, the medium house, and the small house. And then you get to do, like, these are all models. And everything's in it. They're upgrades. And you decide when you buy the house, they say, okay, the house is 675000 Now, 675000 plus taxes brings it up to almost 700000 So that's how much the house is. You sign your paperwork, 700000 Now, from the time you sign that paperwork, for the 30 days or 28 days, it takes to close. And you always will have a realtor for this, or you'll use their realtors. And before it closes, they will keep upping that price. They said 700000 By the end of 15 to 20 days, now that seven hundred is 825000 It's $125,000 more. And they, they tell you this. And then you go, what the heck? No, you told me 700000 That's what we agreed to. That's what I signed for. But in fine print, it says the pricing matched on this paper can go up due to materials, supply line issues, or blank, 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 whatever addition they want to add. Now, read everything because this is the good news for you. Once they add that additional pricing, you have a certain amount of days to cut out that deal. Say, I'm not, I don't care, I don't want to buy the house anymore. You only have a certain amount of days, so you need to read the paperwork. I believe, depending on who it is, like tell them Morrison, for example, I believe they give you 15 days. Don't quote me on this, but I'm just letting you know that that's my experience. If it's Lenar, it's like uh, eight days or 10 days, something like that. Something weird. And then if it's like Century, I think they give you like five or six days. So after you send the paperwork, you only have five or six days to cut out the deal. And everybody's different. So just make sure you keep that in mind when you buy a new house that you may run into buying a house, a brand new 2022 or 2023 home, but those prices are negotiable. They're not set in stone. All those prices will be changing depending on what's going on. And it has really nothing to do with the um, the, the builder's main agenda of building the home because when the contractor gets the contract for Lenar or whatever, it's more than one contractor. So two or three contractors will go in and build 50 houses and then three of the contractors will come in and they'll put their money together and build, you know, 50 houses and then they'll build them for 289, maybe $300,000 for their permits. Um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, about roughly that amount. And then they'll sell them for about six, $700,000 depending now, it really depends on the contracting company, who the contractor is, and, and what they're doing. So like some contractors, of course, most contractors will subcontract out. So they'll have they'll have their main. They'll have their um, uh, foreman will be the person going around and making sure everything's being done up the you know, par, like where, where we have our timeline. These houses need to be done in two or three months, and then he'll go and make sure that those houses are being accomplished per week up to where they need to be and he'll know exactly how much time they have left on those homes your primary um age the primary contractor he's the person 
that's building. He's actually the one that got the plans. He got the architect in there. He got everything set up. And he made sure that um, everything was was being done like there needs to be. Um, and then that's that's where you're going to – you won't be able to see that person eh, sometimes. I think I've only seen him like one time. <laughs> In the last three years, I've seen only only one um, – is, is there super – or a contractor, he's a primary contractor. Anyway, I've only seen like one in the last few years. Um, and and it's, it's very uncommon that you'll see them. But at least you'll be doing your walkthrough with a contractor. He'll usually be the foreman. Um, so it's it's you need to make sure you have your due diligence. Check to make sure everything that you're doing and checking up on them. Um, and then after your home inspection of a new house, I, you know, home, your home inspector will provide you with all the details of what they found. And you can do the walkthrough. Sometimes we'll do walkthroughs with them. Like Lennar won't let the clients in the house to do the inspection with the inspector. I know it's very strict, but they don't want the home inspector and the buyers in the house at the same time. So the home inspector can go into the house and all by themselves, and they'll have it ready for them on the date and time. And they, we're not allowed to walk on the roof, so we have to use a drone, of course. So drones are always for the any of the new build house. You have to use drones. You can't walk on the roof. They void the warranty of the house. Um, and they get really upset on that, by the way. So a lot of things, you have to get permission for a lot of things as well. So you need to make sure you have the permission. So if you're a buyer, you want to buy a home, but you want a home inspection on this home, you can give a choice. You can see if you can get a pre-built inspection or pre-drywall inspection, which is not a lot of home inspectors do it, so you'll need to call around a lot. And a pre-drywall inspection, I think I've mentioned it on my previous podcast, it's when we go in uh, when there's there's no drywall in the house, just the framing. You are allowed to go in, but you have to wear a hard hat. Uh, home inspectors, we always we should always be wearing hard hats anyway. If your home inspector is not wearing a hard hat, he probably doesn't do that many home inspections, or he's probably just not familiar with certain type of constructions. So I always wear a hard hat. I've been wearing it for the last 13, 14 years, and it saved me numerous times. I mean, a lot of people have hit their head, and I haven't had to worry about it. I've never had a concussion, and I've never had any type of nails sticking out of my head because of it. You know, hard hats really save lives. I I recommend all home inspectors to wear a hard hat no matter what. Anytime they're on the job, they get out of their truck or their car and they're about to meet their client, put on the hard hat, get your business card, go up to the realtor or clients, provide them with your business card, Show professionalism and show that you know your your security. You're, you're there to make sure everything's done. But in a pre drywall inspection, the clients have to wear a hard hat, so you'll have to go and get a hard hat if you haven't already have one. And then the inspector has to wear a hard hat, and you'll go throughout the the framing of the house. You'll check the king studs. You'll identify any framing issues, plumbing issues, electrical ventilation system um most of the time during pre-drywall inspections i notice a lot of plumbing issues for example i was in the bathroom 
and I noticed where they were going to be putting the toilet. So the only thing that's going to be in the house is going to be the bathtubs and the framing. So the, and the wood, you know, so the stairs will be set up. We can go upstairs. Uh, but it's all wood. The windows may or may not be in. It really depends, but sometimes they're in. And, uh, it's basically it's just everything, everything's there. Plumbing, electrical, everything's ready to go. They just need to put on the, the sheetrock and drywall and the, and the kitchen. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the garage needs the drywall. The bathrooms will need the purple drywall. So green drywall in the garage, purple drywall in the, uh, bathrooms and then sheetrock and everywhere else. So the, um, you'll go in with the clients. The inspector will go over some stuff with you, like show you what the king studs are, upper and lower, identify any key issues in the wood. And then the plumbing, I've noticed a lot of the toilets are too close to the bathtub. So they're within two inches from the bathtub or the shower. So I will always make sure it's either in the middle or to the right. So two inches is too close, I think. The best time is, is one to two feet from the bathtub or shower. You don't want it too close because when you when you sit down and so forth, you're probably hitting your knee against the bathtub. So I've had to move it over a few times. Another issue for plumbing was the cast iron plumbing system was going down through the stairwell left side but towards the living room area. So if anybody flushes the toilet and somebody's watching TV in the living room, you're going to hear it from upstairs. So... There was a few issues with that. One, um, what was it, Taylor Morrison? I think it was Taylor Morrison. Taylor Morrison didn't want to change where the pipe was because there was three pipes coming from upstairs. One was from the master, one was from the upstairs uh, hall bathroom, and then the third pipe was from the sinks. And so you have the toilet, the bathtubs, and the sinks, so all three different pipes. And the issue was... They already put the cast iron. The black cast iron was was uh, three and a half inches, so it was it was pretty thick. You know that's the big one, and then they have the one uh, one and a half. Uh, no, I'm sorry, two and a half or two inches on the sides, and they go right into the three and a half. So it was so close to the living room, it was just ridiculous, and they didn't want to change it. So my request was on my report was, um. Cast iron piping was noted to be too close to the living room, would be discomforting for guests and owner uh, watching TV in the living room. Uh, request contractor or builder to provide an R4 or an R6 installation wrapped around the piping or within the uh, sheetrock area to prevent or muffle, uh, so to muffle the sound of toilets flushing. Also, uh, per request, to either move or have pipes muffled in some matter, either foam or other R-type issues, uh, to prevent uh, sounds of discomfort from the toilets, you know, and bathroom. So that was one big issue that has always come up between all pre-drywall inspections and I've had three in the last two weeks so three pre-drywalls like one two probably like eight or six new homes brand new built homes and then 10 months so after your 10 months of buying a house you want to have a home inspector come in and do a inspection before your sign off of one year because at the end of one year 
um, there'll be no more uh, labor warranty. So the labor warranty is usually valid for one year where you can put in tickets and all that good stuff. And I probably should go over what R-Type is. I don't know. I think I've done this before in my second or third episode. R-Type is an installation, either a batting installation, which is usually an R8, or um, a foaming installation, which could be anywhere from an R4 to an R6. How do we define the R-Type in any type of installation? Is the thickness and how much installation there is. For example, one piece of batting installation, which is usually an R8, or an R9 has um, a foot and a half of insulation. So not only is sound muffled, but the heat and cooling will also prevent, uh, the insulation will prevent it from going into the home um, dramatically and will be more energy sufficient. So if you go into side of a home and it's uh, 97 degrees outside and the AC is on 74, but there's still rooms that are really hot, it's either a couple different things. The installation issue, you either have a window open, um, or it could be the ventilation in that room isn't working correctly, so you want to check the vents or the air ducts. So there's there's a lot of issues. That's why we usually use uh, um, a laser reader to identify, temperature uh, reader to identify what the temperature is for the AC and heating when we test them during our inspections. So if, if you have home inspectors that have never tested, they just turn on the AC, they turn on the heater, and say, okay, it works. Boom. Well, that isn't sufficient because the system can turn on and not blow out any air. So if I was to turn on, let's say if I was to, to, to do what that was, so I'm just going to test the system. I'm not going to check any of the temperatures out of any of the air vents. I would turn on the AC, five degrees difference, whatever outside, and when it turns on, I would go out to the AC condenser, put my hand over the AC condenser four, three to four feet above where the fan is and feel if there's hot air coming out. If there's hot air, I know it's working. If there's no hot air, I know it's not working. So... Most home inspectors that I've noticed, like in the Bay Area, for example, Oakland and so forth, they'll just turn it on and then they'll turn it off and say, okay, it's working. But they won't ever go out and check the AC condenser to see if there's hot air. Well, then, you know, it could be malfunctioning. Like, for example, I went to a house, I think it was like two days ago, um, Saturday, and I was at the house and I noticed that at the house there was... The, the AC was on, the fan was going around, but there wasn't any cold air in the house. The house was hot. I mean, it was like really hot, like steaming hot. So I'm like, what's going on? There's got to be some issue with the AC. So what I did was I checked the um, the AC condenser outside, and the AC condenser was showing um, that it was on, you know, but and then I put my hand over it, and there was no hot air. So that's when I knew, oh my gosh, that it's not even working. So I got my temperature gun and I went around the house and I, I checked all the, the vents. And the vents were coming out about 80 degrees, 78 to 80 degrees. So I was like, okay, so we don't have any AC at all in, in the house. So I called up a buddy of mine and 
he came over and he was able to uh, alter it and found out that the capacitor was broken. So the capacitor is a, um, well, there's two parts to an AC that you're probably going to have issues with. If you have an R22 Freon system, an older version, you can look at the side of the AC condenser. They'll say R22 or <laughs> if it says HC22-22, you know it's old. HC-22 was used in the 80s and 90s and, some, and sometimes even before that. But I think it was like when it first came out in 1979, 1982, somewhere around there. And HC-22 is still using the 20, R22 Freon. Then we switched to the numbers R22. So you'll see R22 or dash 22 depending on most condensers. And when you see that, then you're like, okay, you have an R22 Freon system, which was discontinued in California as of January 1st, 2020. So you'll, you can still use the systems, of course. We have, um, California has substituted the, uh, Freon for an R407 Freon. So if you have an R22 and it runs out and you're, and you now, you can go outside and go ahead and look at your, you know, your, your condenser and you look at the side tag. You're looking for R22 or R410A. R410A is the new stuff that we use now. It's a uh, and there's also a couple other ways. If if the tag's missing, then just go to your um, control panel, your uh, breaker box on the outside of the house. So electrical panel, and when you open it up, look for AC. If your AC is a 40 or lower, and you have a pretty big system outside then you know you have an R410A. If the breaker is a 50 or 60 amp breaker for the AC, you more likely have an R22. That's if the tag's missing and you don't, you know, you just don't know. Um, R410A is the stuff we use now and it's, it's a very energy sufficient system uh, condenser. And then the R410A is actually the Freon in the system. That we're using now it's a bit cheaper 60 to 65 dollars a pound some hvac companies are charging roughly 75 dollars a pound um r22 even though it was discontinued we're you know we're using state stockpile so whatever is left in state stockpile is what you're available to get and it's selling anywhere from like uh 165 to two i've heard 260 275 so it's really, really high up there because they want to they want to discourage it. They don't want you to use R22. It's very bad for the ozone layer. And I don't know if you know anything about California. So for California, they're very, very strict. They're so strict that they try to prevent any type of, um, you know, pesticides, uh energy sufficient and energy sufficient uh, equipment or items including cars now so it's, it's gotten pretty bad in california but uh other states are probably a bit easier like you know arkansas east coast arkansas michigan you know so forth pennsylvania um but in the west coast it's getting a little bit stricter per each like ohio nevada Oregon, uh, it's becoming more strict upon the um, global warming issue. So if you're going to buy a new house, um, back to the new houses, sorry. Um, when, you're, when you're buying a new house, looking at the house model 
is not really going to help you define what the final outcome of your house is going to be or look like. Um, so during my brand new home, just it's just got built. They're moving in. They're, they're walking in one week. So they're going to do the walkthrough to buy the house in one week. And I found uh, 59 issues. Um, f- uh, I want to say 30 issues were cosmetic. So we have suddenly cracks, paint chip, uh, paint on glass for some weird reason in the back. Um, we have stucco cracking, stucco chips. Um, we have paint missing, completely missing on some areas of the outside, uh, garage doors, interior, completely missing insulation or, uh, sorry, not insulation, a uh, paint and some insulation missing, um, in the attic space where it's supposed to be. So they did a netting where they net up on the sheathing, um, batting insulation to kind of prevent that additional heat from the outside. And this is on a tile roof, by the way. They have a tile roof, and then they have the sheathing, and then in the attic space, they put in the batting along the sheathing. Um, so that was falling out. Um, HVAC was working good. You have kitchen counters, which were, I believe they were granite. Yeah, they were granite with chips in it and caulking deterioration, so they didn't even finish. The baseboards, I remember, they're moving in in one week. The baseboards were just installed. There's no appliances in the kitchen. None. They're moving in. They're doing their walkthrough in a week, and then they're probably moving in in like a week or two. I apologize. A week, in, a week or two, they're going to move in. And this is the kind of things that I'm seeing very often right now with brand new homes. Either the appliances are there, their appliances are not. There's chips, breaks. They're just not where they should be in the building process. Um They'll probably have all the caulking done on the baseboards in a, in a day or two. So they have a week. I don't know if they'll have all the appliances in in a week. Because they didn't even have the gas hooked up. They didn't have the gas on. So I couldn't test really anything like hot water. Um, now, this was in Lodi, California. And in Lodi, California, they have a few different laws and regulations and codes that they don't have in Stockton or other areas. One thing they don't have is in Sacramento, Stockton area, they have to have an expansion tank. And it used to be, you know, it was originally the whole California. An expansion tank is provided on all hot water heaters brand new or reinstalled. So if you uninstall a hot water heater and you get a permit to reinstall it, you have to have an expansion tank. But these houses had no expansion tanks. They had a setup for one, but no expansion tanks. So it's it's just come clear to me that these new built houses aren't, aren't as good as the ones that have been built for five or six or seven or ten years. Because the ones that have been built for five or six or seven or ten years already have everything. You're just moving in. And just doing some repairs. Or maybe they're doing the repairs and you're just moving in. Buying a brand new home, I understand you want to be the very first owner of a brand new home. That's not always the best way to think. I actually have two brand new homes. One is a 2020 
and one is a 2017. The difference between the two is I think that the 2020 looks nicer than the 2017, but the 2017 seems better built. For example, the bathrooms in the 2017, all the bathrooms, have a um, condensation vent, which means that it has a little laser inside. It has a blue light and a yellow light and a red light. The blue light indicates it's not on, but it's like waiting. And then the yellow light is when it turns on because there's too much condensation. So you take a hot shower, it turns on automatically, it goes to yellow light. And then you finish your shower, it stays yellow. And then when it finishes and there's no more condensation from the hot shower or the steam in the bathroom, it turns red for one minute and then turns back to blue for ready. But all the new homes under 2020, 2021, and 2022 have none of this. They don't have any of this. And that's not even a smart home. But a 2017 house has better technology than the stuff we have for the newer homes? Makes no sense to me. I don't understand why they do it. It seems like they, they started getting cheaper because they know that people need houses. So they're going to be cheaper and then they're going to try to make more money off of people. Which I don't think that's a really good idea because once they get home inspectors, once all the home inspectors start getting a clue and and people are starting to get smarter and buying these new homes and they get the home inspectors, they're going to find out that what they're buying is actually only worth 500000 but they're being charged $850,000 because the parts are so darn cheap. For example, the windows. I did a home inspection at a brand new house. They, they were selling it for one million and one. But, and it was a model home, mind you. A model home. It was a 20, it was built in um, March of this year, 2020. Uh, and it was supposed to be finished, it was supposed to be sold after all the homes are sold. That's what the models are. So they're usually sold last. This is the first model home sold. So they sold they they sold all the houses in that area, which is probably maybe like seventy five homes or a hundred homes, and they did that, and from March. So that's five months. Five months they sold all the homes, and now they're selling the model homes. So, in five months they did all that, and then now the model home. Since it's a model home, it should have all the upgrades. But the windows are the same as all the other windows. And they're not auto locks. They're not even Midgard. They're like a contractor's brand, Pelco. Or something similar to that. And this brand, uh, you actually have to just, you know, you close it by, by flapping that little, little knob and then it, it locks it. Auto locks are on my 2017 home. No auto locks on my 2020 home. More expensive, 2020. 2017, cheaper. $535,000 house in 2017. $725,000 house in 2020. 
So I paid more money for less stuff, less technology. The only thing I think that was really good is they put appliances in and they were all uh, LG. Washer and dryer, LG. Everything was LG. That was cool. Double ovens, LG microwave, 1000 watt. Very cool. Uh, gas uh, stove, good range. It's a chef's range, so there's no uh, microwave set up with it. The microwave's above the ovens. And then the microwave's a conventional as well as a microwave. So it's a two, like a, I guess maybe more than two in one. It has like 10 different settings. So that's what they're doing now for the microwaves. They're putting in, in my 2017, of course, the microwave was above the stove. And in 2020, it was instead of chef's hood, and then it was above the ovens. And I like that it was above the ovens. I guess they, they kind of splurged there, but I don't feel like they splurged anywhere else. Uh, the baseboards, the windows, a few other things seem a little tacky too. Smart homes, and I, I've, I've been in a smart home. I, I did a home inspection and one smart home that was amazing. It was, this is in 2019. It was like a real smart home. The whole house was set up where you do minimal. Everything is through your phone. You could turn on the lights through your phone. You can walk into the bathrooms. It turns on automatically. You can walk in the closets. It turns on automatically. It turns off in 30 seconds. You don't even have to touch the light at all. No light switches have to be touched by you. You walk into the house. You walk into the kitchen. The lights turn on. You leave the kitchen. The lights turn off in 30 to 45 seconds. Everywhere in the house was like this. There were sensors everywhere. It was amazing. Wi-Fi is built into the house as well. So you have a Wi-Fi router uh, on the ceiling. When you walk to the front door, it's right there and on the ceiling. And you go to the second story. There's another one up there in the hallway. There's an extender in the attic space and one in the garage. Built into the house. So you just have to call the uh, internet company and give them the MAC address. And boom, you have internet. And you have to do nothing else. And it will go around the whole house. There's no dead spots. Outside backyard, you still have, you know, really good Wi-Fi. And the garage door was all smart control. The AC heating system. They had the Nest. And a really cool feature they had, which was didn't really make much sense. But I kind of like it in a way, but it didn't really make too much sense. The bathrooms had um, heater heating floor. So they had a separation. So you have... The first area is where you wash your hands. The second area is the toilet and the shower. And in that area, it was a tile floor that was heated. So it heats up. You push a little timer. Um, that's the only thing that's not like auto. You have to push a timer, like a little button on the, the wall like you do on your uh, front uh, light on the outside, you know. So you push a button and then it has like a little timer on it. It says, uh, you know, 30 minutes, one hour, one hour and a half, an hour, two hours and so forth. And you get your shower, you get out, and then the floor is all heated for you, um, which is really cool. And it was only in an area though, small area, but that was that was pretty cool. And then it had a, a smart security system, um, ADT. Uh, there's a lot of features in this house that was just... An incredible experience to do a home inspection in an all-smart home. It's very rare that you actually find an all-smart home anyway. 
But yeah. So then like the AC and heating system of course was all newer, brand new HVAC. Um I think the issue with that home was there was some malfunctioning stuff. And of course again, this did not have that smart home did not have the condensation ventilation system. And that was a 2019. So that was interesting. But they they had it added later on. Um I found out so they're going to have it added. Smoke detectors and carbon oxide was a single unit. Um, so they have these new ones. They're very tiny. They have these little dots, basically. And they just put them all over the house. And that's what they're using now for smoke and, uh, and this, you know, sprinkler system throughout the house. So, yeah, that was a, um, a lot of features that they have in the newer houses that, that are pretty cheap. And then there are some features that they have in the house. Um, that you can tell they, they spent some money on, but just looking at the newer houses, I don't see it's worth it to buy a new house over, um, a two or three or four year old house. If, and another reason is if you're the first time home buyer and you're the first, this is your first home, you're putting 50 to a hundred K into this house to make it nicer. The backyard's not made. You have to do it yourself. Some people are putting 20 or 30K. But the way that I see it is, as the first owner, you're putting the mo most money into the house. The second owner who buys it from you, they're putting in maybe 10 grand. The third owner is repainting the house and they're doing almost nothing, maybe paying less than five grand. Not about five grand, paying how big the house is for paint. And they'll do the inside, of course, if they, if they feel they don't like the colors. But as a third owner, second or third owner, I see it. That's the best time to buy a house. Second or third owner, you don't have to worry about so many additional costs. The house is already settled. A lot of work's already been done. You have a nice backyard. And the first and second person or the first person has already put 50 to 100K into the house. And you're buying it with all these upgrades. So it's not always a good idea to buy a brand new home. Just letting you know that I wanted to bring that up. Wait, hey everybody, uh, it's getting a little late and uh, it's after 8. So I, I just wanted to get a podcast in and get back to you and apologize again for not having podcasts for you earlier. I'm going to start making more and start taking initiative and, and making more of these for you. I want to get up to at least 100 podcasts by the end of this year. And that way you have something to listen to and more information about uh, the housing market, what best to buy, energy sufficiency, and what to look for and what not to look for in brand new homes or older homes or whatever you're willing to buy. And don't forget, if you are in California, in the United States, there is a lot of new incentives coming out. Talk to your realtor about it. If they don't know about it, have them study it. The government has provided grants to every new home buyer, and it's a lot more than the three percent that they were saying before. So, and you don't, and some of them, it can it can close on escrow. So you have to pay twenty five thousand. Some of it's up to seven percent, depending. So go ahead and check everything out online. Do your due diligence. Then, when you're done, get ready to buy your house, and you'll be all set to go. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the Home Inspection Network. I'm so happy to have you all listening. And I will be back very shortly for another episode 
and we'll go more in depth over these new houses and this craziness. Thank you. Have a great night or a great morning or a great afternoon. And take care.